Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Philbin is large and in charge, and he is not messing around in his first couple of days as the interim head coach of the Packers. Already making some changes. Winston Moss getting the axe. Kicked the can on his way out of 1265 Lombardi. Linebacker coach, assistant head coach, longtime assistant, and almost kind of a right-hand man at times to Mike McCarthy is out. Why? Well, we'll talk about that, uh, and that's going to be the main topic of conversation as we open up the Wisco Sports Show here today on WKTY. If you don't follow the Packers, let me rephrase that. If you're more of a casual Packers fan, you watch the games, might read the newspaper, might listen to a little Bill Michaels, maybe you've never heard of Winston Moss. If you have ever watched a press conference, if you follow the Packers with any sort of routine habit, you know exactly who Winston Moss is, not because of maybe his success as a coach or his impact as a coach, but for his famous press conferences or lately lack thereof because now the Packers or the Packers didn't let him do press conferences anymore. For those of you who don't know, the Packers let uh, let every assistant coach do press conferences each and every week. Talk to the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, talk to the special teams coordinator and the secondary. You always hear from Joe Witt. You hear from, uh, you heard from Alex Van Pelt. And now you hear from uh, Sigrani Jr., Signati Jr., the quarterback's coach. You hear from everybody, right? And, and those press conferences are streamed on Facebook and on their website every week for the entire world to see. And they are saved on the Packers website and on YouTube and, and everywhere for the world to see. And yesterday we, we started the show talking out about optics, right? Talking about maybe not what's going on in, in the minds of Mike McCarthy or in the mind of a coach like Winston Moss, but what we see and what's the, what, what is the media seeing? Because that's what's going to drive the narrative. That's what's going to drive people's thoughts about the Green Bay Packers team. And let's just say the optics with Winston Moss were, uh, well, they weren't exactly great. His final press conference as a member of the Green Bay Packers, and like I said, he was relieved of his obligation of doing press conferences. He was pretty quiet. He didn't want to say a whole lot, and when he did, it it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, honestly, if I had to guess, I might have thought he was drunk up there, to be completely honest. Uh, earlier this summer and last year as well, just known for being really short with reporters, really curt, really sometimes even rude responses. And, you know, give the media credit. They're up there saying, Winston, did we do something wrong? You know, did, did we do something to peeve you off? What is it? And uh, obviously famous for some answers. Uh, you know, I, I believe this was, the question was, you know, Vince Beagle's now been in, in camp about, about nine weeks. What have you seen so far? Uh, what do you like from Vince Beagle? This was from last fall, and this was his very long and complicated answer. I can't help you. Yeah, simple as that. Can't help you. I can't help you. <laughs> Which poses the reporters to obviously, hey, Winston, you know, we just want to learn about your guys. We want to know about Vince Beagle. We want to know about guys like Kyler Fackrell. We're not trying to we're not trying to PV off here. We just want to hear what you have to say about your players. You know, is there something we did? You ask the question, I'll answer. Ask me a question, I'll answer. You ask the question, I'll answer. It, it turned into a whole lot more of, you know, asking questions and stuff like you I know, can't help you. I, I just can't help you. Kind of rude, short, just awkward at press conferences. So that's what Winston Moss was known for. Right-hand man under Mike McCarthy and linebacker's coach for a long time. Well, yesterday, the assumed straw that broke the camel's back was his Twitter account. I didn't even know Winston Moss had a Twitter account until yesterday. He tweeted yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, earlier on in the day, and said this. This has been in the tweet in question. Ponder this, dot, dot, dot. What championship teams have are great leadership, period. 
It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that is going to hold number 12 and everybody in the building to a hashtag Lombardi standard, period. Hashtag losing sucks. Taking a little bit of a shot at Aaron Rodgers and saying, ah. Mike McCarthy maybe wasn't the problem here. My boss, my friend Mike McCarthy, he wasn't the problem. Somebody needs to hold Aaron Rodgers accountable. And then hours later, Winston Moss was relieved of his duties as uh, as a coach of the Green Bay Packers. I can't help you. Obviously, not anymore. He tweeted later, the Packers have informed me that they are letting me go. Hashtag thanks Twitter. <laughs> At least he had a little bit of humor about it. So the question is now begged to be asked, is this you know, a, a character cleanse, for lack of a better word, of saying everybody doesn't fit with what we do, you're gone? Or was this just a premature firing of somebody who was probably going to be out the door anyways in a couple of months? Who knows? 608-796-2558. You can share what you think on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Uh, We already have some people chiming in, and we'll get to those thoughts soon enough. One thing that I did want to address is we kind of dig into this firing of Winston Moss. Look, I'm not for or against. I'm just here to report facts and and also, you know, make a little bit of humor out of it because it is a funny situation. You ask the question, I'll answer it. Hey, bring your questions. I'll answer those as well. Uh, answer them to the best of my abilities. I, I want to clear something up because Scrady has this this beef with Packers fans and and with some of our listeners. And at times I feel like with me that no matter what the Packers do, right or wrong or sensical or nonsensical, that we will back the Packers because they are never wrong. They're always right. Every decision they make is for the betterment of the locker room and for the brand and the pride of the green and gold and the tradition and the history. Everything that they do is sacred and it's for the right reasons. I'm not saying that the Packers were getting rid of a cancer and he needed to go because he didn't fit with the model that Ron Wolf put in place and Vince Lombardi put in place and he's going against the history and the character of this proud storied franchise. I'm not saying that. I'm just just reporting the facts. Look, When you tweet out against your employer, for lack of a better term, because he was, in some ways, taking a shot at the Packers on Twitter by saying somebody needs to hold Aaron Rodgers accountable. It's not about this getting a fancy offensive coordinator or coach. It's not what it's about. You just need to hold your quarterback accountable. And we'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. Aaron Rodgers spoke on that subject today in his presser. I'm just reporting the facts. That's all I'm saying. Winston Moss took a little bit of shot at his uh, his employer, at his team, And they relieved him of his duties. Now, I am of the belief that Winston Moss was probably going to be out at the end of the year when a new head coach assumably brings in his own regime, his own coordinators, his own coaches, his own guys. And Winston Moss is going to be out anyways. And maybe Joe Philbin just said, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. He's a linebacking coach. There were only four combined sacks for Clay Matthews and Nick Perry so far this year. Four! Your two multi-million dollar guys just aren't performing. And that's Winston Moss's domain. He works with the edge rushers. He works with the linebackers. Where the hell is Reggie Gilbert? I have no clue. I have absolutely where no clue where Reggie Gilbert has been. And look, Reggie Gilbert's not a Pro Bowl player. He's not an All-Pro, but he was flashing last year. He flashed in camp, and he hasn't done anything. Where the hell has that been, Winston? I can't help you. Uh, apparently not, and definitely not anymore. I don't know. I don't know if it was the tweet. I don't know if it was the underperformance by his position group. I don't know if it, it was his weird press conferences. Maybe they, they took that into account. I don't I know. I can't help you. I think it was a, a collection of everything. And just said, hey, we're going to let you go a little bit earlier. You know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. You would have been gone in a couple of months anyways. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a combination of everything. But, because I know Scrady might be listening, I'm not saying that Green Bay was up on their soapbox and saying, this man needs to go. Because he doesn't fit with the tradition, doesn't fit with the pride of the green and gold that's been worn and donned by 
uh, by Hall of Famers alike for 100 years. I'm not saying that. I'm just, it was probably time for him to go. He was going in a couple of weeks anyways at the end of the season, presumably. Uh, I think uh, the new coach will probably want to bring in his own guys. And I think that all probably played into it. The question then becomes, is this an outlier? Is this an isolated incident with an oddball coach who was weird in press conferences and whose position group wasn't really performing? Or is this the Green Bay Packers starting kind of a culture change, a culture cleanse under Brian Gutekinds and Mark Murphy? Heck, even Joe Philbin for the next couple of weeks. I don't know. Which one is it? Or is it somewhere in the middle? I think that's a question that needs to be asked, and I can't answer it. Maybe you have an answer. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line. You can also get in touch with the show on Twitter. You can follow and tweet at me, at Keystroker Grant, and at the station, at WKTY. But be careful with those tweets. <laughs> be careful with the tweets, because we uh, we see what uh, what they can do, the impact that they can have as Winston Moss cut loose. Not because of his tweets, according to Joe Philbin and Gutekunst and the rest, but because a culmination of things and, and they just want to go in a different direction. But I, you know, maybe that tweet was the just the excuse they were waiting for and they needed to cut bait with Winston Moss just a couple of weeks, probably before the rest of the assistants are on their way out the door as well. Coming back, we're going to continue the Packers chatter. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers as he spoke directly about that, about accountability and, and how he plans to hold himself accountable and maybe adapt to a new coach going forward. Uh, we're also going to hear what Joe Philbin had to say from his mouth because As of right now, he is the interim head coach of this Green Bay Packers team. We're going to hear from him, and we're going to continue the conversation. Is this a huge problem for the Packers? Do the Packers have a huge problem? Does he wear number 12? Is that the Packers' problem? Is this go, have we just only started to scratch away at the tip of the iceberg? We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. You're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Talking Winston Moss, and is there a culture change going on in Green Bay right now? Is this the first domino to fall? I think you could assume that a lot of these assistant coaches and behind-the-scenes type of characters on the Packers coaching staff are going to be out the door in a couple of weeks anyways when presumably a new coach brings in his own batch of guys and own batch of assistants. But could we see more of this over the next few weeks just to start to change the culture a couple weeks early? Time is so valuable in the National Football League. There's only so many games and only so many, so much time in the season. Maybe that comes into play. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Wide open to hear from you all hour long. Coming up later this hour, we are going to talk some Vikings with Matt Scrady as we got a nice clear connection. They're hanging out down at Bubba's Meats. And I do want to get his thoughts on a couple things. The Vikings took a loss. I wouldn't say it was surprising. I wouldn't say it was disappointing in Foxborough. I never bet against the Patriots at home, but the Vikings sit in an interesting position right now, and as they relate to the Green Bay Packers and Wisconsin sports, I think it's fair enough to to have a conversation with Matt Scrady here on the Wisco Sports Show. So we're going to do that coming up at about quarter to six. Badgers basketball talk on the way in less than 15 minutes. We do got to put a capstone on this Packers talk, though. Uh, Yesterday, the tweet in question from Winston Moss, ponder this, what championship teams have are great leadership, period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that is going to hold 12 and everybody in this building to a hashtag Lombardi standard, period. Hashtag losing sucks. Number one, because it bothers me, if you're if you're tweeting, and look, I'm reminded of my young age at this station all the time, the millennial perspective, right? Love that. Dave and Scrady ask about that all the time. Well, Grant, you're a, you're a millennial. What do you think? Just, can you proofread your tweet? Can you make sure it makes sense before sending it out? I, I understand when he talks about the offensive guru trend, the Sean McVay, the Matt Nagy, Kyle Shanahan. It's not the safe trend. What does that mean? 
I think Winston Moss might just be referring to it doesn't matter who the coach is. If they can't hold Aaron Rodgers accountable, then it doesn't matter. Losing sucks. Lombardi standard. Pretty strong wordage aimed at his Green Bay, uh, well, his former employer, I should say. Let's go to the five-star telecom talking text line. Winston Moss is out. Are the Packers going through a culture change? What are you thinking? Hello, you there? Hello, yes. I was just calling to make a comment. Yeah. Uh, I want to know why nobody's been talking about getting rid of Rodgers. So would you, would you, is that something you would like a trade or something like that? You're really all, you're that strong on it. I I think, I think the new head coach, uh, the first thing I did do is trade Rogers and start over because Rogers is a prima donna. So you think he's He's bad blood for the Packers now. Sure. You think he's too dramatic and they just need to go a different direction. What what kind of trade return would you be looking for? I mean, that's, that's a full rebuild. I think he's, I think you could get two uh, first round draft picks for him. I think you could too, but is that is that going to get you your next franchise quarterback? I mean, that's the goal, right? Well, the goal is to have a winning team, and I don't think you can do it with Rodgers anymore. He's too uh, selfish and self-centered for himself. He's out to make money, and that's all he cares about. Well, did you see the game on Sunday? Oh he yeah, gave it away. Yeah, and we've we've. What was that? I'm sorry. I said he didn't play the way he's capable of. No, and I, I've been surprised. I guess not surprised, but it's not what I expected this week with with all the Aaron Rodgers hate. And I appreciate the the conversation on the five star telecom talking text line. Look, I I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, look at look at how much how much heat that John Gruden has taken for trading away Khalil Mack. I mean, we're almost all the way through the NFL season, and people are still talking about how dumb that was to trade away a player of that caliber. Well, imagine Khalil Mack one of the best at his position in the NFL, and now put him at the most important position in the NFL. I'm not saying that Rodgers isn't dramatic. I'm not saying that he needs someone to rein him in a little bit, and I definitely agree with that previous caller about how he played on Sunday. I thought it was an embarrassment, and he should feel that that game was an embarrassment. It was awful. And we've had callers on this station, I think it's been really good perspective so far this week, on, on how disappointing and how Aaron Rodgers really needs, I mean, something needs to change. I don't think that's going to involve an Aaron Rodgers trade. And I, I understand... It's a bad look with him just signing that contract and immediately regressing. I get it. I understand 100%. I do. But they're not trading Aaron Rodgers. It's just, you're, you're never going to get a return. You could trade for five first-round picks, and you're never going to get an equal return on Aaron Rodgers because as soon as you trade away Aaron Rodgers, what does the next mission become? Find your next quarterback. Just like when John Gruden traded away Khalil Mack, who is just as talented, just as influential as Aaron Rodgers, I believe, on the football field, but at a less important position. And the question the Raiders have been asking all year is, well, what do we do with these draft picks? We got to find a pass rush. We got to develop a pass rush. As soon as you create that hole, you're immediately using those new assets and those new draft picks that you've accumulated and cap space in return, assuming somebody wants to take on that contract. Because let's face it, every other team around the league is looking at the Aaron Rodgers the Packer fans are looking out right now. I just, man, I don't think we're going to see that. And, Love it or hate it, Aaron Rodgers did speak at his presser today about accountability, and, and let's let's tune into that right now. Ryan Wood of PackersNews.com asked him, look, Ryan, you, or excuse me, Aaron, you have expressed interest in being held accountable and being coached. I want to be coached. I desperately need to be coached and held accountable to my play. What do you mean by that, and what might that look like going forward? And this was Aaron Rodgers' response, as usual, pretty thoughtful, pretty calculated in the words that he chooses. I don't I'm not, I think you're taking my words a little out of context on exactly what I was saying, but I'll say this first. I think there's nobody holds uh, holds me more accountable than myself. I mean, I'm uh, 
always checking myself on my preparation habits and my practice habits and um, my mindset. But I mean, there, there's always been, a, I think, a great deal of accountability um, under Mike's program for the last 13 years. Um, there's consequences for actions that are uh, outside of what's in the best interest of the team. And there's never been, uh, I used to always tell him, I said, hey, you know, you need to call on somebody in a meeting to let everybody know that we're all on the equal playing field. Call on me first, you know, call me out. Um, just so everybody knows there's, you know, nobody's off limits. We're holding everybody to the same standard. And I feel like that's the way it always was. Aaron Rodgers, and, and like I said earlier this week, he's too smart to not realize the optics of this situation. The way he played on Sunday, he might not have been trying to get Mike McCarthy fired. I, I don't believe that that was the case, but he's way too smart. He's way too intelligent to think that that's not how everyone was going to take it. Everyone was going to watch that game and say, he doesn't want to play for Mike McCarthy. He's fine if McCarthy gets fired. That's how people were going to take it, and Rodgers is way too smart not to realize that. The other thing is, Aaron Rodgers is way too smart to know that people are going to stop listening to the words that he's saying. You hear it after every game. I got to be better. I got to be better. I got to hold myself accountable first. Our better play and our turnaround starts with me. Well, that's great. And, and you see that that coy personality and that that a little bit angry at times in press conferences. Not a lot of smiles. Not a lot of happiness about how he needs to be better. You know, improvement starts with him. But then you watch the product on the field and you see something different. You see Aaron Rodgers missing throws, missing reads, not being on the same page with his receivers, and then laughing it off. You know, just staring into the sky like he's looking for God to come down and help him. Words and actions, a little bit different. I mean, kindergartners know that. Actions speak louder than words. That's not that's not complicated. Maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't understand that. I don't know. But he's talking about accountability, about how he holds himself most accountable, which, once again, pushes the idea that Aaron Rodgers didn't really care on Sunday, didn't really want to play for Mike McCarthy, and... Maybe he wasn't trying to get him fired, but he certainly wasn't playing to save his job. And I think that was a really bad look. And I think a lot of listeners on WKTY astutely this week haven't said, thank God Mike McCarthy's gone. The team is only going to go up from here. And instead said, well, wait a minute. Look at how bad Rodgers was. That was frustrating to watch as a Packer fan. That was disappointing to watch. Aaron Rodgers should be better that. And I'm uh, I'm proud. You know what? I'm going to say it. I, uh, I'm proud of the way that this show has uh, has has reacted to Sunday's game. Now, let's take a step back. They're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers, even if maybe that's an idea that's been floated around, and I think it's an interesting thought exercise to maybe think, what could they get? What would they do with picks? Yada, yada, yada. But I'm proud of the way that, that we have responded. We haven't blindly supported the Packers. We haven't, you know, been apologists for our team. We weren't naive enough to say, hey, now that Mike McCarthy's gone, Super Bowl champs next year. That's all it takes. We're smart enough and... and callers have said as much on the show that it starts with number 12 and that performance on Sunday was embarrassing whether Winston Moss or Mike McCarthy was let go or Ted Thompson two years ago there's something going on with number 12 and and I think it it begs a question who's gonna reel in number 12 next year who is going to get him playing where he holds himself accountable because that's a big question Uh, Joe Philbin when Winston Moss was released talking a lot about accountability and culture and how the Packers are going to do things moving forward. This is what he had to say. Joe Philbin obviously asked about the tweet and and which factors maybe came into play when thinking about releasing Winston Moss. He said, it's never about one thing. Again, I think it's important, as I said to the team, we've got to be professional, accountable, respectful, and punctual. (laughs) I think that's funny. Professional, accountable, respectful, really important. I think they go hand in hand and punctual. Uh, By the way, got to be on time. (laughs) Continuing. Those are the four things we've got to do in the next four weeks. 
And if we do all those things, we'll be in good shape. It wasn't about, again, you're talking to a guy who's never tweeted in his life, doesn't even know what Twitter is. So again, it's not about a tweet or anything like that. I just think the fit right now isn't where it needs to be. That's what Joe Philbin had to say. His statement regarding the the canning, (laughs) the sacking of Winston Moss, the linebacker coach and longtime assistant under Mike McCarthy. I'll be interested to see that if Mike McCarthy does land a head coaching job, say in Cleveland or maybe somewhere else and gets a chance to put together his own staff, as I will imagine he will, uh, you know, a veteran head coach is going to demand that when he's trying to be hired. If Winston Moss is reeled back in and put again on Mike McCarthy's staff, that I think that'll be interesting. Because Winston Moss never used to be weird like this when he was first with the Packers back in the later 2000s. Never used to be like this. This is a more recent uh, a more recent involvement, evolution, I should say. So maybe maybe he's got a problem with Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? His Twitter account would certainly, uh, I think, prove that assumption right. When we come back, I do want to get into a little Badgers basketball because I, I've been asked by people, uh, look, the Badgers are ranked number 12 in the AP right now. Did they deserve to be there? Are they really the 12th best team in the country? And I'm here to say, why not? Who else? We're going to continue that conversation next on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, both at 96.7 FM, 5.80 AM. I got to talk a little Badgers basketball. I am your host, Grant Bills, here on WKTY. And uh, speaking of Badgers, before we completely shut the door on the Packers talk for the day, uh, Packers making a couple roster moves, one of them including a former Badger. They send Kevin King to injured reserve. Oh, just frustrating enough. And they add defensive back Natrell Jamerson. Played a little corner, played a little safety, which is the kind of flexibility the Packers need in the secondary right now because they have holes all over the place. So see if that's a, a move that works out. A former Badger in Green Bay. You got to sign somebody. Might as well make it a hometown a hometown favorite like Natrell Jamerson. Right now, I want to talk a little Badgers basketball because I thought it was really interesting. I got home the other night and my roommates were laying around. They were home from wrestling practice and they kind of become couch potatoes after wrestling practice. Uh, and I will tell that to them. They'll probably throw me over the couch and put me in a, in a chokehold. But they do kind of become lazy after wrestling practice. And they said, Grant, like I saw the Badgers up to number 12 today. Are they really the 12th best team in the country? And I, and I thought about it for a sec. Not that my opinion matters more than anyone else. But I, I sat there. I was like, yeah, why not? Who else? I mean, the Badgers this far throughout the season have just about as good a resume as anybody. I mean, they only have one loss on the year. And that was to Virginia, who is one of the best teams in the country and, and a program that's good year in and year out. So at the time when they lost to Virginia, they were ranked fourth in the AP. And, and that's a, a ranking and a program that I trust. You know, if that was Nebraska or maybe Indiana, well, I'm going to need to see a little bit more to prove that that team is a good team. But Virginia, under Coach Bennett, has been a program that's been consistent the last couple of years. And I trust that team. And I trust that ranking of number four. That's the only loss. It was a neutral site game. And since then, I guess before and since, they have really good road wins like Xavier, who had north of a 40-game winning streak against non-conference teams at home. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. A really tough place to go and win. They did that at Xavier. They beat Stanford. They beat Oklahoma. Big Power 5 schools. That was on a, at a neutral site tournament. They go on the road and beat Iowa. Another really impressive conference road win. Iowa at the time was ranked 14th. Rutgers, they took them down at the Kohl's Center the other night. Look, I'm not saying that the Badgers will finish the year at the number 12 slot in the AP poll or they'll finish higher or lower. All I know is right now, and this is the problem you have uh, and the fun part of having early season rankings, especially in college basketball because there's so many games. College football is different, but college basketball, there's so many games. And as of right now, the Badgers are 8-1. 
They're undefeated in conference play with two really impressive road wins and some quality wins against, you know, Power 5 opponents at neutral site games. They have as an impressive resume right now as just about anybody else who would be floating from that 10 to 20 range in the rankings. So will the Badgers be this high in the rankings when the season ends? Who knows? I don't know. But right now, yeah. So if anybody tells you the Badgers don't deserve to be number 12, it might not be the case, but so far they absolutely have. They absolutely deserve to be where they are right now. That could very well change. It could change tomorrow. It could change when they play Marquette here coming up in about three days. Very well could. But through right now, and this is the key, they have a good a resume as anybody else. They deserve to be at number 12 just as much or more than anybody else. Maybe that's not your opinion. 608-796-2558. You want to chime in? You can also do so on Twitter as well, at WKTY or at Keystroker Grant. Look at it that way. Get your thoughts in. I was talking to one of my buddies who's a big Badger fan. I've watched I've watched Badger basketball with him for a long time. And we remember a lot of the same things. We see a lot of the same things. Uh, and I'm sure you have a friend like that where you watch the Packers with. Uh, and you've always watched the Packers with or the Brewers. And you remember watching this game together at this place. And, and, and it brings out more of you in a sports fan. Makes you remember things. Well, I was thinking uh, yesterday about maybe where the Badgers are going to get a little bit more scoring because they did struggle against Rutgers. Ethan Happ willed them back into the game. Obviously, we know Brad Davison and we know Demetric Trice, who has been a tremendous shooter. That might calm down a little bit. I'm almost assuming that it will. We know they're, they're front three or four guys, and Aleem Ford has been really good. Reavers has found a role on this team. But once you look towards the bench a little deeper, you don't really know what's going on. And, and the good Badger teams in years past have had Good players off the bench. I take you back two years ago uh, when the Badgers had Vito Brown coming off the bench before he got into a starting role. They've always had on good teams a couple names who have come off the bench. And it hasn't been, well, we'll see who gets hot tonight. We'll see who finds minutes. You know who's going to find the minutes because you have those established players on the bench who know their role. Crazy enough. Crazy enough. I know. Right now, I think the biggest key to the Badgers, and this is assuming that Hap stays healthy and Davison and Trice all stay healthy and they maintain just about their their level of play so far. That's assuming that their frontline guys continue to play the way they have. I think the most important guy in this Badgers roster, and call me crazy, is Brevin Pritzel, the DePere Redshirt Jr. I think he is the key cog in all of this. When you look at the bench of, it doesn't matter, NBA players, uh, college teams, the best teams. And this applies to the best Badger basketball team I may ever see in my life back in 2015. And I know Scrady loves to hate on him. <laughs> but the, the, the factor that all of those teams have in common is they have some veterans on the bench. The best teams, especially in college basketball, get older as they go to the bench. They get more experienced. And those guys who come in understand their role. It's not a young freshman or sophomore trying to prove something coming off the bench. It's an established veteran player who's been around the block, knows how to prepare, knows how to come in cold and do his thing in limited amount of sporadic minutes. And Brevin Pritzel needs to find that this season. The redshirt junior, a little bit older than guys like Ty Strickland and Aleem Ford and Nate Reavers and Kobe King and Brad Davison, or not Brad Davison, excuse me, uh, the the Green Bay transfer, Trevor Anderson, before he got hurt. We'll see how long he's going to be out. Brevin Pritzel is the one guy who has a little bit more experience, a redshirt junior, and that redshirt year is important, a guy who is around players like Bronson Koenig and Nigel Hayes. He needs to be the guy off the bench. And the other night, getting a handful of points, a handful of rebounds, if he can be consistent, if he can come off the bench and provide that little bit of experience, that little bit of upperclassman calmness, for lack of a better term, that's going to be huge. And you think back to 2015 when the Badgers were so dominant, were so good, and consistent. That's big. Two back-to-back years reaching the Final Four. They didn't have a letdown game. They were consistent and good. 
a big key to winning in March in college basketball. Who were they bringing off the bench? Guys like Duye Dukin. You remember him in 2015. Wasn't a beast every game. A guy like Zach Showalter, although he was an underclassman at the time. Guys who understood their role, understood what they were there to do. Duye Dukin is a tremendous example. And we all, we almost poke fun at him. Almost as a, a John Kuhn or a Jake Kumaro or a Jeff Janis type of name. But a guy who understood his role, filled that role to the best of his ability, and was really impactful in some of those tournament games when maybe a guy like Sam Decker or Frank Kaminsky had a bad night or got into foul trouble. Duye Dukin was able to come in off the bench, provide a sort of calming effect as an upperclassman off the bench, getting older as you go into those reserves, and really bring a balancing player off of that bench to this Badgers team. Duye Dukin had some moments, too. He was a fun player to watch. Duye Dukin got drafted. He didn't even start on that 2015 team. That's a role player. Knows what he's there to do and fills his role to the best of his ability. And Brevin Pritzel needs to be that guy if the Badgers are going to hang around in the top of the rankings. Because I know the Badgers have got some great road wins against Xavier, against Iowa. They hung in there with Virginia. They got some good Power 5 opponent wins. But if they're going to hang around number 25, they're going to need to be able to absorb a night where Ethan Happ gets into foul trouble and a guy like Brevin Pritzel comes off the bench knowing his role, shoots from the perimeter, gets a couple of rebounds, and provides a calming effect to those underclassmen around him. Brevin Pritzel is so crucial. And as the season rolls on, I'm excited to watch Brevin because he's a guy who I think most people would claim has underperformed so far in his college career in Madison. He hasn't been a bust. He hasn't been Charlie Thomas, and that's a different discussion for a different time. But Brevin Pritzel needs to provide that shooter off the bench, that guy who can come in cold and do his job, fill that role. And I think Brevin Pritzel can be that guy. And that's why I'm willing to say on live radio, and this is being recorded, you can find the podcast, listen to it as many times as you want at WKTYsports.com, that Brevin Pritzel, to me, is the most important piece for the Badgers getting back to the NCAA tournament and taking those next steps this year. I, I believe that I know what Ethan Happ is and know what Brad Davison and Demetric Trice are. Outside of that, there's a lot of question marks. And one of those question marks can disappear in a big way if Brevin Pritzel can have some consistency and be that guy that Duye Dukin was in 2015 or even Trayvon Jackson was in 2015 off the bench. I think that's really, really important. And that veteran, that upperclassman on the bench is a huge piece to a tournament team. You look at Duke, yeah, they got a lot of really good young recruits, and they've had more of those as the year goes on. But they have those upperclassmen players off the bench. Kentucky, back when they were making runs, and I know they're fabled for their freshmen, and it's all relative, so I'll put it uh, into context. The Harrison Twins in 2015, they were the upperclassmen presence, albeit sophomores. For, for Kentucky, that is an upperclassman, right? That's what they had. Kansas, Perry Ellis, that guy was 45 years old when he wrapped up his Kansas career. Guy who knew his role could come off the bench if there was a more talented, more hot player in front of him and still fill his role, still do his part on the team. And Brevin Pritzel's got to be that guy. And if he can be that guy, this Badgers team can actually be really, really good. And I think they could win some games in the tournament and challenge teams in the Big Ten. Duye Dukin, Trayvon Jackson, upperclassmen who came off the bench in their final seasons as Wisconsin Badgers, I think that can be Brevin Pritzel. And if he can fill that role... And do the trick like Dukin and Jackson did in 2015. Jackson more so in the tournament. Duye Dukin was more of a presence all year long. This Badger team can be good. And I do think they can hang around the top 10 where they sit right now. But all of a sudden, if Brevin Pritzel can't hit shots and they're relying on guys like Kobe King as much as I love him, young players who are still trying to find their way at the Division I level in the Big Ten college basketball world, Brevin Pritzel's a, a, a really important cog in the machine that is the 2018-2019 Wisconsin Badgers team.
I think he's one of the most important players. And I'm interested to keep watching that uh, as the season goes on. When we come back to wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, we're going to talk to Matt Grady, who is hanging down at Bubba's Meat. So he's been talking about the snack sticks. And I know we did get a tweet at WKTY, not sports related. Uh, Stoke Burner says, or not Stoke Burner, excuse me. Jonah Denson says, Bubba's turkey jerky. Mm-mm, good. Well, you know what, Jonah? I know it's not sports related. I know you're not tweeting at me, but thanks for tweeting. Thanks for sharing your opinion on Twitter at WKTY. Be careful with Twitter. You saw what happened to Winston Moss. You tweet about turkey jerky, that's all fine and good, but as soon as you start hating on your employer, that's going to be another conversation. And speaking of my employer, we're going to talk to one of my employers and one of my higher-ups, Matt Scrady, coming back here on the Wisco Sports Show to talk about what the heck is up with the Vikings. Or maybe Scrady thinks they're in a good position. I don't know. We'll have to learn. Coming up next as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills, and I know we had a mention of Viterbo over that previous commercial break. Don't forget the UWL Viterbo game. Lacrosse City rivalry is going to be right here on WKTY in just about an hour after we wrap up this program. Uh, and I'm going to be on the call with Drew Kelly live from Mitchell Fieldhouse, and I cannot wait. So make sure you're tuning in both on your radio, 96.7 FM, 580 AM, and streaming live, WKTYsports.com as well. We've talked plenty of basketball today, but when you're joined by Matt Scrady, we do have to talk a little bit of football as well. Are you ready for some football? Yes, we do have to talk a little bit of football with Matt Scrady and... Look, Matt, first of all, thanks for giving us a couple of moments and, and stepping away from all the meats down there at Bubba's. But I heard Howie Long say on Sunday regarding the Minnesota Vikings that they're the better roster than the Patriots, uh, that they have better players, they're better stacked at each position. He said they looked really good getting off the bus, uh, but they didn't beat the Patriots. I, I want to ask you, the, the Vikings, in my opinion, as a Packers fan, and maybe this is me being petty, have slightly underperformed. I thought their record might be a little bit better. Maybe you see something else. What's your assessment of your team so far this season? Well, I agree with you on that. I, I think that they've definitely underperformed from what I thought from from uh, last year into this year. And, you know, I agree with Howie Long, too. I thought they, they had a better roster than the Patriots. But no matter what, the Patriots are still the Patriots. You know, they they got that thing about them. They just win. I mean, how many times have, have teams had better rosters than them and they just can't beat the Patriots? That happens a lot. But, yeah, as far as the uh, original question, I totally agree. I think that they have quite a bit underperformed from what I thought they were going to do from last year into this year. It's pretty disappointing. If you could put your finger on just one reason why, if you could fix one problem on this Vikings team that, that you would think would turn it all around, what do you think it would be? Yeah, and that's the million-dollar question. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's just, you know, one thing. I, I guess to, to me it all starts with the, the offensive line, I guess, but I don't know. You know, they, these guys are exposed, it seems like, every week. I don't know if they fix that offensive line if they all of a sudden start winning either, though. I, I mean, that's kind of the weird thing because their defense last year went from historically good to – all right this year with pretty much all that they did was get better personnel wise. Yeah, they got more they <laughs> got more players. Yeah, adding Sheldon Richardson and they even got rid of one of those defensive ends, Brian Robinson, at the beginning of the season that was productive still for the Vikings. So I mean they got nothing but better personnel wise and it just it hasn't translated into wins for whatever reason. And I'm not sure why. I know that a lot of Viking fans up in Minneapolis are putting it on Kirk Cousins. They aren't liking that move, but I, I'm not sure that that's what the difference is. I mean, obviously, they don't run the ball 
like they like we thought they were going to anyways at the beginning of the season. But I guess if, if it put my finger on one thing, it would have to be the offensive line. Sure. And what is your assessment so far of Kirk Cousins? I hear a lot of different things, but but what is your take on Kirk so far? Uh, well, my take's probably the same as most Packer fans on him. He sure likes to check down a lot. Oh, yeah. He? I mean, Kirk Cousins, supposedly, he's got this gun, and he can throw the ball way down the field, but he sure isn't doing it a whole lot. And when he did this last weekend, all he did was overthrow Thielen. I, I'm, to me, the jury's still out on Cousins. I mean, to me, he's basically like Matt Stafford, except Stafford, I guess, has a little bit better, I mean, a little bit better history than Cousins. But both guys put up huge numbers and neither of them can win you know win playoff games well and Scrady I, I would be careful with your words there I think there were Packer fans that would kill for a check down from Aaron Rodgers right now yeah yeah, well, and that's there's a difference there too, though, because the Vikings and I—I I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like those Viking receivers on the outside—I—I I think they're better than what the Packers have right now. I mean, Devonte Adams is the best one out of all three of them, but Diggs and Thielen together, I think, are better than probably the number two guy for the Packers. So I'm—I'm I'm thinking that they should be able to throw the ball downfield, and, and they're speed guys. They're all quick guys. Oh so yeah, you'd like to think they could get open deep. I mean, that's how it kind of Diggs cut his teeth. Well, same with Thielen. I mean, they were always open. You could just put the ball up on those deep passes. And Thielen had a couple catches against uh, uh, Jair Alexander that made me think, hey, this guy's the real deal again. But then I thought he took like two steps back against New England this last weekend. I actually do agree with that assessment. I do think Adams, if I had to pick one of the three, I would take Adams, but I would probably take the one-two punch of Diggs and Thielen over just Devontae Adams. I think that's a big question mark for the Packers moving forward. I'll ask you and I saw you I think you both tweeted and put it out on Facebook the other day how did the Packers get this bad so quickly what do you what do you see about this team because they were going to the NFC championship game in 2016 me too. And and obviously, you know, I'm not a, a I mean, I never, I always say that, you know, I always preface it saying because I, I talk big about Aaron Rodgers because I think he masked so much stuff. I just, I feel like he lost it. Like right now, Aaron Rodgers has to prove that he can be the Aaron Rodgers, the killer Aaron Rodgers. They, they used to be able to bring the team back no matter what with under two minutes to go. Heck, with under a minute to go. Yeah. He could bring a team back and, and win that football game. I think he's got to prove that again. I got to, the, a couple weeks ago when they were playing the Vikings it never even felt like like that game was ever in danger even though they were in striking distance it never even felt like it it was in danger but I thought this last weekend was going to be that one I thought you know when they got the ball they had plenty of time against the Cardinals I I was surprised they went for a field goal to be honest because usually Rodgers just wins that thing I mean that that's what I thought was going to happen and obviously ended up way wrong there but I guess to me how they got bad so fast is, is Rodgers I think holding on to the ball too much I, I don't I don't know what their problem is either yeah I don't know what what the Packers problem is other than Aaron Rodgers and Scrady I think you would be proud yeah. last question I have a lot of my listeners this week have not been ooh rah rah good on the Packers for getting rid of McCarthy he sucks now we can finally win a Super Bowl more of the flack has actually been aimed at Aaron Rodgers for playing so bad and not willing to play for his coach and I like I said earlier I'm proud of the way our listeners and our our interaction and callers on the show is has taken that into account what is your assessment of Aaron Rodgers his, his body language was crap last week now if he comes yeah. out on Sunday and throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns and it looks like a whole new man are you going to think less of them, or, or what do you think of this whole McCarthy-Rogers dynamic? Well, 
like I said, I'm I'm not going to count Rodgers out yet because I've seen it so many times how he always comes back and, and he, no matter what, I mean, that guy's superhuman. He is a great quarterback. He's been a great quarterback. I think he probably can be again. I don't know if it's because he was injured last year and he still hasn't gotten it back yet, but it just, it seems like he's off from where he was last year. I'm still not sold that it's, it's over for him yet, but I got to tell you, on mornings with Dave and Scrady, we had, on Monday morning, we had Joe DeGuano, who's kind of a, a Packer insider in, and he thought that was the missing piece. Now they got rid of McCarthy. Now they're, they, that that was that's how you start this thing up. He thought that was the best move the Packers could have made, getting rid of Mike McCarthy. Well, I whether it was fair to McCarthy or not, I think is is the question, or isn't the question, excuse me. It's what's going to happen moving forward with this Packers team, yep. and I'm sure you guys will continue to cover it on Mornings with Dave and Scrady. We're going to talk about it here. Scrady, before I let you go, i got to tell you, apparently the turkey jerky at Bubba's is fantastic. <laughs> I've never had it, so if you could just snag a little bit, bring it back, and leave it in the studio yep. for me tomorrow, I'd appreciate it. Here, here's the thing about Bubba's Meats, you know, the, the turkey jerky, I will tell you, it is phenomenal, but I'm looking in the case behind me, and the, the thing is, this is like an old school butcher shop is what it is, so everything they have here is fresh, so it's uh. not like they have stuff just laying around here, I mean, they make it, and then it's out there, and then people come in and buy it, and it's gone within a couple days, so it's all, a lot of that stuff's hit and miss, I don't see turkey jerky right now, they might have some hiding in the back, Lee might have some in the back, but if I can find you some turkey jerky, Grant, I'll hook you up, brother. That's what I like to hear, Scrady. Thanks for giving us a couple of minutes and, and enjoy the rest of your, your Wednesday evening. Thanks again. You too, man. Keep doing a good job. Thanks, and then you can hear more of Scrady. Mornings with Dave and Scrady on, uh, on WKTY 6 to 9 every morning. Scrady just took a long vacation. He's rejuvenated. He's rested. You can hear it in his voice. Or maybe it's the fact that he's in a, in a butcher shop. Who knows? But I think the consensus about this Minnesota Vikings team is they've underperformed for their roster. Look, they're still well within... I don't want to say striking distance because I believe I didn't check uh, stupidly. So before the show, I believe they're still in a wild card spot. It's not like this Vikings team is bottomed out, um, but the difference in, in talent on the roster top to bottom, I believe between this Packers team and this Vikings team is huge. I think it's a Canyon. Uh, I think it's a major difference and their, their records. Well, the, the Packers have lost a couple more games. I think they've both massively underperformed. So e- interesting to get a perspective from a Vikings fan. And Scrady will tell you, or he will try to tell you, he is not a homer. He's going to call it like it is. And if you want to hear more of that non-homer Vikings analysis and um, non-homer Packer analysis as well, because I think it's really valuable to hear Packers opinions from people who aren't fans of the teams and that that outsider looking in. You can hear more of that on mornings with Dave and Scrady six to nine every morning here on WKTY. And I know we do have some interaction on the five star telecom talk and text line about Foreman saying Kirk Cousins has been so bad. Adam Thielen is having a career season. LOL. Go Michigan State. We do have a Sparty fan in the, in the chat. It looks like and Toma Dan responds by saying his biggest game was beating Russell Wilson in the Big Ten championship game. To be honest, Dan. I think that's true. That was the highest stakes game to this point he's played in other than maybe the Packers game in the playoffs a couple of years ago with Washington. But I don't think anybody was really holding on to the edge of their seat during that one. So I think you could argue that so far, maybe Kirk Cousins actual biggest game has been the Big Ten championship game. I don't think that's a bad take, Dan. Thanks for chiming in on the five star telecom talk and text line. Do not forget huge rivalry. There's a lot on the line tonight between lacrosse and Viterbo. And I will tell you more about that when Drew and I get to Mitchell Fieldhouse and we will be on the call. Uh, starting around 7 o'clock tonight here on WKTY. You can hear us right where you're listening now at both 96.7 FM and 580 AM. You can also stream live at WKTYsports.com and on our mobile app. 
I'll be pulling for uh, for UW Lacrosse, my current school. Uh, but Viterbo fans, UWL fans, all welcome. Tune in and hear a pretty good game. There's a lot on the line, and I'll tell you more coming up in just about an hour right here on WKTY. Same time, same place tomorrow. More of the Wisco Sports Show all week long. I cannot wait to talk to you then.